Welcome to another episode of the Portically Yours Extended Podcast. I'm Yvonne Booz. For the past few years, this segment has showcased poems from Northern Illinois writers and a few from other states. This month's featured poet is Susan Goldberg. Susan is a lawyer who says having great writing skills can be beneficial to that role. She joined me earlier this year from her closet studio. Take a listen. Tell me about why you have this setup. I know that we're talking during this podcast, but what else do you use your closet studio for? Studio, yeah, great question. I am happy to say I am hoping to become an audiobook narrator. And so I have had the assistance of an audio engineer from New York City who helped me uh, know what equipment I should get and tested the sound in my booth. And he, being from New York City, was amazed that I have a closet this big, which is really a walk-in closet. Although here in the Midwest, this would be considered just a regular closet, but it's big enough so I can have have my setup here. So that's what I'm hoping to do. And then when I, um, but I'm I'm taking courses now. I've taken some courses. I'm getting a website developed and it's all really connected to my love of writing and my love of words. So that's what my hope is. Now tell me where'd that idea come from? And I, you know, I know you're an attorney, so this is like a total 360. It's like night and day. Yes. Well, although lawyers like to talk a lot, at least the type of lawyer I am, um, or I, yeah, I, I still am, but I just, I don't go in the courtroom anymore in my work, but I, I talk almost all day to clients. And so for me, I, I've just always loved listening to audiobooks. And one day I happened to be listening to, I just, I, uh, I'm in a writing group, which led me to another writing group that offers some free um, Zoom classes and free interesting events. So I signed up for this free event about narrating audiobooks. And I was just struck by it. Like I, I was magnetically drawn to that idea. And I thought I could do that. So that's what that's uh that was kind of the impetus and then i've just been uh investigating it ever since then but yeah it's really fun it's a fun adventure <laughs> now how soon do you think you can get started with it like what's your next step now that you have this this closet studio what's your next step to get yeah. the ball rolling on that well the big event is there is a a conference that's called apac that stands for um Audio Publishers Association conference that they have. They haven't had it for a couple of years because of the pandemic or a few years, but it's a gathering in New York City at a hotel in Times Square where narrators and beginning narrators and authors and publishers convene. And that's where you meet people. And um, I actually, I have had a couple of friends who are independent authors um, one of whom has asked me to narrate her book. She's written a couple of books. The other who said, maybe someday you will narrate one of my books. And he's read, or he's written probably five books. So 
So I have those two possibilities even already, but it's just a matter of, from what I understand from other narrators talking, you just have to keep trying and keep practicing and keep uh, meeting people. Oh, wow. That is interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your life as a writer. Um, Susan, when did you start writing? Gosh, the earliest I remember must have been, must have been probably second grade. And the reason I think it was that early years later, like by the, when I was out of high school, my first grade teacher told me that she always thought I was going to be a writer because I have such a great imagination. I, I had, I had no idea she thought that way. Um, but I started writing um, beyond that, beyond grade school, probably in seventh grade. And many people, I think, have a story about how they were discouraged from pursuing a certain kind of art. And believe it or not, in seventh grade, I wrote a story for a homework assignment in my English English class, and it was something about a circus or uh, something about a circus or about a clown. And I remember I wrote it, I thought it was great, and I got a B on it. And that crushed me, which, you know, to now it sounds silly. A B, a B is still good. But I thought it was much better than a B. And I never pursued writing beyond that um, until um, about... 20 years ago, I went to a weekend writing retreat that was put on by Woman Space in Rockford, which is a wonderful um, arts supporting community, uh, an arts center, a center for the arts. And that was life changing. I, for the first time ever, was among people who loved to write. And I felt encouraged by that and just inspired. And then I, I stepped away from it for a while. My kids were growing up. I was really busy. And only really about the pat for the past year and a half, I started writing again. Um, and I will credit my re-entry into the world of writing with the wonderful book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. I had read that. I, I had I had started doing what is my daily, well, almost daily practice of, I write three pages longhand in the morning, every morning, or I try to every morning, just free association thinking, just whatever comes to mind, I'm writing it down. And then I shred those pages. I, I don't look at them again. And it's it's just for some reason, and it's this is her philosophy, Julia Cameron, you need to do that to open your mind and your creativity. And from that time, which was about a year and a half ago, I have experienced what I would say is just an opening up of all these places and opportunities for creative endeavors. And among those has been writing. So I became part of a weekly writing workshop that's online through Zoom that is 
taught by uh, a wonderful author from who lives in um, Tennessee. And there are people each, each week, there are anywhere from 10 to 20 writers on this, uh, on this Zoom call, many whom uh, who are like me writing for as a hobby, others who've published many books. We have one writer from who's lives in Germany. We have several who live in Canada, all around the U.S. And that has really sparked also my creativity and my confidence that, wow, this is something I can do, that I, I think I do well. So that's yeah. a, Yvonne, that's a very long answer to your question. <laughs> it's okay. Now tell me, how did you learn about this Zoom group? I know there are a lot of... Um, online writing spaces out there, especially since the pandemic happened. But how did you learn about this particular one? This was a, I would say by chance, but Julia Cameron would say, no, this was not by chance. This was because you had become open to good things happening in your life. And it, it was just by chance. I learned about it through a high school friend of my husband. And all of uh, this group of high school friends and their spouses got together for a get together about a year and a half ago. And he's a writer. He's an editor for the New York Times, and he's he he's written several books. And we were talking about writing. And he said, you know, you should look into this this little public small publishing house called Press 53. And I looked at their site and I realized, wow, they have a Tuesday morning writing group online. And and that's how I found out about it. And it it has been an incredible blessing, an incredible source of encouragement and and fun and and exploration of the art of the words. <laughs> now, I am a part of a writing group here locally in Aurora, and I have to say it kept me writing poetry um, during a time where I probably wouldn't have written. Mm -hmm. But can you tell me, why do you think being a part of this type of group or a workshop or something like that um, actually helps fill that fire for a lot of writers, especially when they're just trying to live their lives every day? Sure, sure. A huge part of why I think it works so well is that in a group, or at least in this group, every session starts with the reading of a poem. We, it's up on the screen. We can see it. Someone reads it. Then the teacher reads it. And then we talk about it. But the key, this is the key, I think. And, and it's always just amazing writing, that, that just breathtaking often. Then we talk about the poem. But then the teacher gives us a prompt. And often it's somehow connected to that poem that we just read. And But her view is always, don't be loyal to the prompt. Wherever your brain takes you, write that. And I think that, to me, that writing to a prompt has been critical. That has been such an inspiration for me and a motivation. But the other part of my motivation is I have this group of fellow writers, but probably 10 of us are on that Zoom call every week or nearly every week. So I know that there are those people cheering for me and who are talented writers who I can learn from. 
That's wonderful. So I know that you um, have submitted poetry for Poetically Yours, and you also um, do some things with our um, our essay um, format. Or Perspectives. Platform. Yeah, our essay yes. platform, Perspectives. <laughs> um, can you tell me how has hearing your voice on the radio inspired you to keep writing more or mm. keep being creative? Largely because I realized, wow, this is a way my words can be heard to a wide audience. And whereas often my poems, nobody hears them, except if I read to my husband or my kids, if I read them aloud at the uh, in my writing groups. But this way, there are, I'm sure, hundreds, if not thousands of people who either are listening live uh, or on air, but then who also are are listening through the website, and all and so that's one part of it. Just to know that these words are getting out there, and and especially as to my my perspective, where it's something that I think is important and helpful for people to hear. It it might touch somebody. It might help somebody in some way. And the second part of that is that. It indeed has. I, I've a couple of the perspectives that I wrote and then read on the uh, aloud that were aired. I've had so many people say to me, "Wow, I loved your perspective. I heard it, and and that is affirming that um, that words have power, and putting the words together in a certain way." And then reading them a certain way can can really touch people and can be a gift, not just to me, for the gift of having cre been able to create the words, but a gift to people to hear them and to maybe think, wow, I'm not alone. Wow, that's that really touched my heart or that really made me think. Hmm. Now, I want to talk about the fact that you are an attorney, and you said you've been writing since second grade. How did the um, occupation of being an attorney come into your mind, especially since you're saying you have this love oh. for writing? <laughs> yes. Well, it's a story. There's always a story somewhere. And my story was that before I became an attorney, I worked in what we would now call human resources or HR. At the time, it was called ER or employee relations. And I worked at a manufacturing plant where we had a grievance procedure. It was, it was not a union shop. We had a grievance procedure so that if an employee felt that they were wronged in some way, um, I, as their employee relations rep could assist them by presenting by being their advocate so i would present their case for them in front of their supervisor if their supervisor didn't agree to to reverse whatever was the wrong that they believed they had been had been done then we went to the next level of the superintendent then we went to the next level and in any case there was one young man who I helped with his um, complaint that he should have been promoted to uh, a higher level within the skilled trades. 
And he really believed that it was because it was on the basis of discrimination was why he was not promoted. And so I helped him with that. And indeed, we won. And I felt so gratified because I was able to speak on someone else's behalf in a way that they could not themselves. And I, I, I helped accomplish something that led to their betterment. That was my impetus to apply to law school. And I, I ran into him years later after I became a lawyer and I told him, you know, you're the reason that I am a lawyer. And he was really happy to hear that. And that, that meant a lot to me. So it's interesting. You're able to take two of your passions and be good at, at both of them. How do those worlds collide for you? Uh, you're talking about the worlds of writing and, and the practice of law. Yes. Oh, uh, how they collide is, well, in one way, legal writing is fairly dry and fairly, um, non-creative. I suppose you could view that there's a great importance in setting out what the law is, applying the facts of the case to the law. It's, you don't have much opportunity to insert creativity or to insert emotions. <laughs> so, but it's important to be a really good writer to, to um, win your argument uh, and also to be a good uh, oral presenter if in case in the cases where you're arguing orally so that does involve the crafting of a story often of crafting of an argument and i i have actually gotten many many compliments on my legal writing and especially on my letter writing where i'm writing a letter to my opposing opposing attorney or the opposing party. And I think that's where it's perhaps not a collision, but more a parallel where my creative writing, where I'm thinking about how will this be how, how will this come across? How will this be received? So in my writing of letters, I I legal, legal letters in legal matters. I'm applying that aspect, which I think comes from my creative writing. I think the definitely the creative writing came first and the ear for the ear and eye for how to best um, present an argument or a position in a way that the reader or the listener will accept my viewpoint that comes from my creative part because I, I didn't become a lawyer till I was 31 years old. And I had been, I had been writing at least in, in grade school, probably a little bit in high school too, um, before I became a lawyer. So it's a, if it's a collision, it's a happy collision. <laughs> All right. So let's stop for a moment and um, let's hear some of your creative works. Do you okay. have a poem that you would like to share with me? Sure. Uh, the first poem, and this too comes from a prompt 
that was given to our class, our online class by our teacher. And um, I believe her prompt was something, she usually gives us two alternatives. So it was write about something that you, uh, that people should know about you, or alternatively, write about something you don't want people to know. So I went from that, and we usually have about 20 minutes to write. So this, this poem is called Something You Should Know, that I am not afraid of the dark, or spiders, or multiple choice questions. When you ask me who I am, you should know that I am afraid to answer. I am afraid that you will see that I am not always wise or kind or generous or honest. I am not afraid to meet new people or start a conversation or jump off a high dive. But I am afraid that you will see that I am temperamental and moody and stubborn. I am not afraid that I might stumble and fall or miss the first part of the movie or forget my car keys. But I am afraid of being left behind or forgotten or not being found. I am afraid of getting lost or forgetting my name or not recognizing you. I am not afraid to say so. Wow, that, you know, that last part reminds me of something. So I'm going to ask, does that hint a little on the side of maybe dementia? Exactly. And that is exactly where that came from. And sadly, well, I will, I will read you the, um, the comment at the end, which I wrote, which was, for my mother, who was brilliant. And my mother was the valedictorian of her class at Purdue University. She was brilliant and came from a family of brilliant people. And at about age 80, she slowly slipped into Alzheimer's, starting with dementia and then Alzheimer's. And my fear is that that will befall me. And that is where that poem came from. That I, especially in my work as a lawyer, I must be confident and self-assured and exude a feeling of confidence. But what I am afraid of is becoming what befell my mother. And so that... That is among the ways that words have power, that words can convey emotion, including fear. Hmm. I know my grandmother had um, dealt with that, and it is in, uh, in my family, especially on her side. So can you tell me, you're saying you're afraid of that aspect of life. What are you doing to try to avoid that? I know they say there are certain supplements and things that you can take, or is that just something you are just going to have to deal with if it happens? 
that's a great question. I, um, I, I guess I, I live my life in the same way. However, I'm always really glad when I hear about something that I'm already doing or that I've thought of doing, which is said to reduce the risk of Alzheimer's or dementia. And in fact, one of those things is to learn something new that you have never done before. And and it, and that's what I'm doing with my my hope of becoming a narrator. I'm I'm learning all about the technical aspects of it and the creative aspect. So that's something totally new, but also just um keeping my mind active. And luckily, I have heard that among the professions least likely to develop Alzheimer's is the the profession of being a lawyer. So I'm hoping maybe just by the that assemblage of different factors that I happen to fall into or apply to me rather, um, maybe I, that won't happen to me. But I also know that my col- my wonderful college calculus professor, I, I happened to talk to his son some years later after a I was done with college, who told me that he, he, my wonderful math professor had Alzheimer's. So we never know. Hmm. Do you have another poem you would like to share? Sure. I would be glad to, to share this. And this one too was from a prompt in, besides my wonderful Tuesday morning writing group, I, from that group, a couple of the women in the group invited me to join their little group of writers. And we meet by Zoom once a month. And so this was this was from that little group. And I can't remember, somebody threw out a prompt. And so we all started writing. This one is called, Whatever Happened to June Cleaver? Where in the world did she go? June Cleaver. She took care of the beaver, but we didn't really see her. We saw her apron and her perfect makeup. It was all made up. What was behind there, behind the framed set, the living room with the false front, with the fake front door and the make-believe dad? When June took off her apron, who was she? Was she there? Or was she just a set piece made of plywood and tossed in a scrap pile with the rest? We never saw her mad or frayed or old or worn out. She was all put together with sensible advice and a tight smile. But we all wanted to be her or be like her or to be liked by her, but not to have her as a mother. It was too much pressure to impress her to stand next to her in that starched dress or to second-guess her. We'd get the stare down or get sent down the stairs or get scared. No one pressed June Cleaver for an answer. No one asked her for her real answer. No one knew who she was. Whatever happened to who she actually really was? I like the wordplay where you said, get the stair down or get sent down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> now, so that's a reference to leave it to Beaver. Yes. Um, when you got that prompt, 
Did you have to go back and do some research or did you just remember watching those episodes? Oh, I just were younger. Yeah, I just remembered the episodes and the prompt was something like right about. uh, Oh, I think it was right about a character on a television show or right about something happening to someone you know i think it was something like that and it just struck me the idea of this perfect mother and how that <clears throat> to me was false that there is no such thing as a perfect mother so that that just but no luckily um i that her her name came to mind i and it's funny how I don't know how how ideas come to my mind when I hear a prompt or when I sit down. I try to write something every evening, and I usually just start writing what comes to mind. And I don't know how it comes there. But no, June Cleaver and Leave It to Beaver. I didn't watch that religiously. I, ju- I just knew enough about it to know that that would be an interesting character to write something about. Oh, yeah. Um, Now, can you tell me, what do you think you would be writing about if you didn't have these get-togethers or these prompts? Ah, I find I often write about myself and my relationships, for some reason, often about my difficult relationships, either with friends or former long ago romantic relationships that went bad. <laughs> I don't I don't know why, except I really like I, I like dark literature. I love dark poems, dark movies, dark books. And when I say dark, I mean things that are sad and melancholy and all about the messy relationships among people. I just, I find that fascinating. So most often, if I didn't have these prompts, I'd be writing a lot about my regrets, my mistakes, my missteps. And I think that's maybe a form of release because I don't, I usually don't show anybody what what I've written or uh, unless it's something I think that was pretty good that I'd like to hear. I'd like to share it with somebody. So it's kind of just an emotional release for me. Now you say you don't go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but, but it also, perhaps it's also that it takes more um, just motivation, I guess, to just start writing something without a prompt. However, there are ways to get prompts. Uh, One of my gifts for Christmas from my husband was a wonderful journal, all blank pages, except at the top of each page is a prompt, which is great. (laughs) So once I finish up using this other journal, which was a wonderful blank, um, blank journal that I got from Chris for Christmas from one of my kids, then I'm going to start that other journal that has these prompts. And, and often they're kind of abstract prompts that you could really go anywhere with, which I think is a great way to get inspiration. So you really let your brain and your soul go where they want to go on the page. 
You talked about your husband and your kids. Um, how long have you been married? I have been married to my wonderful husband, Dan, for approximately six years now. We just celebrated our sixth oh, wedding anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. And he is a wonderful supporter and encourager of my writing and has told me many times that I need to gather together some of my poems and just try to get those published. And I I really should do that. What's <laughs> so, holding you back? Uh, I think it's because I have so many. I have a drawer full, literally full, of journals and loose pages and some on my computer. It's almost overwhelming, but I should do it. I really should do it. That And so maybe someday. It's not a hard process um, <laughs> to do it. I've had two books that I put together and I, I, I need to work, be working on, on others. But tell me, how is how does your husband help with your creative process? Like, does he oh. come and visit you in the studio, <laughs> your closet <laughs> studio? Uh, well, my little studio, I, usually people don't, but people being my, my household members, which is my husband and my adult son do not come in because I have the closet door is closed. Um, uh, but my husband, uh, bought me a stool to have in my little studio. He put together my workbench in the studio that I have my laptop and my interface, on um, to do the narrating. And then my son, who's very good at tech stuff, helped actually set that all up for me, the the equipment. Uh, but my husband is the most encouraging in that when I choose a poem to read to him, for example, I, I read to him the June Cleaver poem, and he got teary-eyed. And he said, that is really good. That helps people understand that that things are not perfect in any family. I, I, I'm really paraphrasing, but so every time I've almost, almost every time I've read to him one of my poems or stories, he has these great words of encouragement. And so that that for a writer or anybody who's pursuing an artistic venture, it's scary to put your work out there for criticism. And that that's another wonderful aspect of being in a writing group where it's a good writing group, where the rule is positive comments, no, no negative. Um, that makes, that gives such encouragement and courage to a writer or an artist of any time that type. There was one poetry workshop. Well, no, it was a writing workshop that I went to one time and I wrote what I thought was a pretty good start to a story. And the leader of this workshop um, said, I, I, I don't like that character. I, I couldn't, there, there was no, I, I just didn't feel anything for that character. And I, I, to this day, I remember that. That was about probably eight years ago. And that, luckily though, one of the people in that class told me later, you know, I liked your story. I thought it was great. Don't listen to what he said. And and that was encouraging. <laughs> so that's, I again, I've given you a really long answer 
to your question, Yvonne. So I, like I, I apologize. Answers. It's okay. <laughs> I like long answers. Um, so you taught, I know you write poetry and you do the essays and you're talking about stories. Can you tell me what types of things do you write? Because it sounds like you write all types of things. I do. In fact, I recently um, wrote a story that when I read it in my Tuesday morning writing group, my teacher said, that's flash fiction. You just you just wrote flash fiction, which is a very short story, a very short fictional piece. So I usually I write, I do indeed write just very short stories. Um, although I wrote one um, that was, I think it was called The President. And it was like a mystery where the president ordered his staff to turn back time that he he didn't want he 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 wanted to turn he wanted them to just figure it out just just get that done what was so, the inspiration for that story i probably again my focus and perhaps obsession sometimes with regret that there's certain things that in my years of life I wish I hadn't done, or I wish I had done. The harder ones are the ones that you didn't do, that you could have done, but you didn't. Mm. So. <laughs> do you have any flash fiction that you would like to share with our Portically Yours audience? Oh, I am looking for it right now in my book. So if I find it, I will tell you. So I am leafing through I, and you can ask me questions as I leaf through I'll take your time and <laughs> I, I want to ask about the book I saw you reading from that um tell me about that is that something that you just manually put together based on things that you typed out or is um, that like a notebook with your handwriting in it oh yeah it's it's a um it's a notebook yeah so it's like a uh like a journal but it's um, it's lined. I I always like to write on uh, books that have lines on them for some reason. So okay, I'm still searching for my my flash fiction. So now, so how often I will, do you write? Well, I try to write. I hope I try to write every day. Um, oh, you did say both, that earlier. Yeah, I try to write in the. In the morning, I do those three pages, which are um, which are just free association. Ooh, I just found the flash fiction piece. Cool. <laughs> so I I try to write those three free association pages, but then in my writing group, I'll write at least one piece, and then in the evening, I try to write um, a po a short poem, usually once in a while a story. But would you like me to read my little flash fiction? Yes. Okay. The, this is called The Space Between. It was that pause, the dead space between words, where there was nothing but the crackling of paper and his breath. I did not know where I was. I had lost my way. I could not see but could only hear. There was silence 
and then a long sigh. She can't hear us, a voice above me whispered. Is she gone? Another asked. We should call someone, a third voice said. I don't like this, said the first voice, his fingers drumming on some hard surface. I lay there, not moving, not knowing where I was. Then there was the sound of a door opening and the sound of footsteps, many footsteps and more voices. I'm so sorry, a woman said in a weary voice. Thank you, the first voice answered. Then there were more footsteps and many voices, and many times I heard, I'm sorry. Then I knew where I was. Oh, wow. You know, I just got that at the end. I just thought <laughs> that at the end that you were, and, and this is just my imagination, you were at your own funeral. I, that is, that is right. That was my, that was my picture of it. But it was very interesting when I read that, because that, that too was in my little writing group. And I read it. And the teacher who was in this little group said, you know, what I like about this is I don't really know what that meant. I don't really, and I like that. I like, but you're right. What I am, and I kind of, I started as, originally it was going to be somebody who got lost and they couldn't, they got hurt and they couldn't speak. And so these were, these other people found her or were with her. But then as it progressed and my brain worked, it became my funeral. It was my funeral. So, but interesting again, how word, I, I just like the, um, I really like not knowing, or I, I really like that I don't always know what a story or a poem means. And it kind of reminds me of my my older daughter, who's 30, uh, is an artist. And when she would do art and then have it displayed in an art show somewhere, often people would ask her what it meant. And she refused to say, she said, it's, it's whatever you, you think it means, which I think is great, but, uh, also kind of fun. So, but I do appreciate that, that you enjoyed my little flash fiction piece. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. You're um, welcome. Eric, and I think that a lot of artists would say that even, you know, writers, you know, it's up to your interpretation. But um, I, I personally like the part where I can be a little mysterious in my writing, especially mm -hmm. when I'm writing about naughty things. And it's like, oh, they don't even know that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, but most times it goes over their head and it's like, okay, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I can get away with writing that way. And no one will look at me and point their finger at me because I cleaned it up. It sounds good, but I know exactly what I'm talking about. Now yes. you talked about doing the audio books. What's next for you outside of the audio books? And I know you said you possibly want to publish your own books, but what's next for you in the literary world? Wow. Uh, you know, I really should, Yvonne, I should publish some of my writings. Well, that and what's connected to that is I 
I should submit more of my work for consideration for being published. I, I've taken uh, a class in that it was a one, I think a like a two-hour class by the same teacher who's our Tuesday morning teacher. And she laid out this process for doing it. And it's just a matter of of just doing it. So that's what I hope to, I, I've submitted a few pieces. I, I have been published in the the Rockford Review, which is the uh, journal that comes out about four times a year through by the Rockford Writers Guild, which I'm in. And, and that, by the way, that group also has been a wonderful inspiration for me and an affirmation. And it's, it's a wonderful organization. They have uh, Zoom meetings once a month. In the old pre-pandemic days, they had an in-person meeting once a month, which was a wonderful inspiration. But so to answer your question, I I really need to submit more so that those words get out there in the world. Now, is there anything else you would like to share with me today? Gosh, I would just like to say to all of those persons out there who have been afraid to share their creativity, don't be afraid. It's it's in you. It's in each of us. We are we are each creative beings. Whatever that is that brings you joy and that you want to share and enjoy, even if it's just sharing it with yourself, just do it. Just pursue it. That's th Those are my final wor words of wisdom and, I hope, inspiration. I thought you, you were going to start a poem <laughs> with just do it and pursue uh, it. I was waiting for some more rhyming lines. Well, oh. <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity to um, speak with you about your poetic journey, your writing journey, and even um, the inspiration that led you to become an attorney. So I appreciate you taking the time with me. And thank you oh. also for being a Poetically Yours contributor. Oh, thank you, Yvonne. It's been my pleasure. And I really appreciate that you are such a wonderful advocate for writers and poets of all stripes and and you're doing great work by hosting these wonderful podcasts thank you and i have to ask is that mic hanging from your ceiling no it is on a it's on a um, an arm got it <laughs> so okay. it's not hanging from my ceiling i wish i it's a it's a type i know there's a way i could have it so it wouldn't be blocking my face totally <laughs> but no but it it's, sounds a, it's wonderful an, yeah oh thank you thank you thank you yeah it's an arm which is um connected to this little workstation and so it's adjustable so i can adjust it much like the newsroom yes yes <laughs> well good luck with everything that you're doing and you have a lovely voice for narration as well oh. Oh, so. thank you, Yvonne. <laughs> I really appreciate that. That 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 means a lot coming from you um, and all the work you do on the radio. All right. Well, I'll be looking for some more of your work, especially with the narration. You've given a lot of information for our listeners because I never knew there was a conference that you can learn how to be a narrator. So that's, that's yes. good news. That's exciting. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, All right. Yvonne. Take care and you have a wonderful weekend. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 
I hope you enjoyed that interview. Susan now adds audio narrator to her creative tube belt. Check out SusanGoldbergVoice.com for more information. Listen to Poetically Yours every Friday on 89.5 WNIJ and 90.5 WNIU or anytime at WNIJ.org. Special thanks to the Nick Monty Trio Band for providing these melodic tunes. For Poetically Yours, I'm Yvonne Booth.